What's up, everybody? And welcome to Pillow Talk, Moment with the Mowgli's. I am Johnny Mowgli Jr. And I'm Deidre Mowgli. And we are an ordinary couple. With extraordinary purpose. Mo, why are you looking? Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Greetings, salutations, accolades, and blessings. How y'all doing? What's going on, y'all? You good, babe? I am. All right, did you? I am. I was up a little bit earlier this morning than, than bit. normal. You know. You had to go. You had to go do your go to the doctor. Yeah. You got a little something right there on your. Do eye. I? My eyes be watering up top. How do your eyes water up top, y'all? Can some of my uh contact wearers help me with that? Excuse me, because that's a little bit backwards. Your eye when your eye water is supposed to water down. Mine waters up and just on this one. You know that, right? No, because you, you you extraordinary. You got extraordinary purpose. That's why my eyes water on the top instead of the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's the way your body reacts to it. Oh, okay, I'll take it. I know you will. How you doing? I'm all right. You just went and got your hair cut on your lunch break, and you is fine. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what's happening right now. Hey, you is fine. Hey. You know I like a tape. A good old fresh razor tape. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a good massage tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I ba- am. That back massage? Yeah. Mm. And you know I got that heating thing that I had when I had it for my TMJ. I don't need that. And so I'll put it on your back. I don't help. need that. I just need the heat from you. <laughs> How y'all doing today? Because he's obviously delusional right now. I am not delusional. Not I know exactly what I'm saying. Hey. Hi. Whatever, girl. What's going on? Nothing much. All right. How was your day? It was good. That's good. It was good. That's I still good. got some stuff I got to do, but it's going to be all right. Really? Yeah. Well, I still got some stuff I got to do, too. Listen. Yes. So... Jesus be offense. All right. Offense. So, this is what we're going to talk about today. Can you be lonely <clears throat> in your marriage? Well, we know it's it's uh, true that you can be. Do we? Have you ever been lonely in our marriage? A couple of times, yeah. Really? Did you share it with me? No, I didn't. Wow. This wasn't recently though, right? It was yesterday. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. It wasn't yesterday. Oh, I can't stand you. I don't. You. I don't. I don't know if I was lonely. I don't know if I would say. I don't know what it, what it was. I think I felt um unappreciative. Unappreciated. Tiff. Unappreciated Tiff. No, no, pumpkin. Unappreciated. So you just gonna correct me on this TV right now? Wait, wait, wait! I got to tell y'all this. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. The other night we was in the bed, <sighs> and something was <laughs> happening. I don't remember what was. I think I was telling Johnny like literally when we go when we go to bed, literally. And I know it's because he works a lot of hours every day, and he's when when we go to bed, I know when he's exhausted because he literally. Um, you know, once we say goodnight and all that stuff or whatever, get ready for bed, 
He actually lays his head on the pillow, y'all, and literally starts snoring right after. So I was like, babe, you, 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 uh, I said, you know, so we going to watch a little bit of TV tonight. What's going to happen? And he was like, no, I don't think I'm going to do that because I'm really tired. So I was like, okay. So he was, I said, well, you, I said, well, good night. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and pray and, um, and, you know, say our good kiss, good night and all that stuff or whatever. Good night. Cause you about to go to sleep. And you were like, um, I said, cause baby, literally when your head hit the pillow, you start snoring. And he says to me, he says, baby, I think I need. <laughs> I, I honestly did not know what you were talking about. He said, Until you said that. Listen. He said, baby, I know I, I know I be snoring. I said, you be disrespectful with it. And he said, baby, I think I need a pap smell. I said, what? Listen to me. Wait, 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 wait. What? He looked at me and I said, babe, babe. Well, this was after the, just, just, and I did some crazy laughing that night, y'all. Cause it, I could not believe he said that. And then he looks at me and says, that's not right. That's not right. I didn't mean to say that. I said, you mean a CPAP machine? He was like, <sighs> but why are you trying to have a whole conversation with me? Well, you know me. Well, you oh. know, I was about, I was like. Two percent off, y'all. I looked at him and I said, "Because if at any time you ever tell me that you need a pap smear, I'm gonna be like something is wrong." And who am I married to? I hollered that night. That was some good, y'all. That that blessed my soul so much that night. But he laid down and he went to snoring, and I let him. So I want y'all to mark this day down. That what? Because y'all must be officially. Part of the family, cause I asked her not to you tell did. nobody. You did. You asked me not to. Tell I said, nobody. "Don't tell nobody that. Don't tell the girls. Nobody. Your mama. Nope. Don't tell nobody." And here you are. I I had to tell it. Telling honey. all of this. Look. I had to tell it, cause you you knew that wasn't the right word. I, I don't, I don't know, know why I said on. it. I don't know what was going when on. When it was in my head, I was like, it's, okay. it's not a pap smear. And then before I knew it, I said pap smear. And I was like, why did you say that? And I was like. Did you mean this? Well, after I got finished laughing for about a good five minutes straight. And I was like, babe, you mean a CPAP? Sorry. You all right? I don't know. I'll give you a, a male version of a pap smear if you I want I don't one. want it. Okay. So let's get back to what we were talking about because I got a little sidetracked. A sidetrack. version of a pap smear. I don't, Listen, know, that. I don't so know what that is. So you said you do think that you were... You, you were, you weren't lonely. You, you felt unappreciated. I don't, I don't know what I was at some, on some part of our marriage. I didn't feel like, well, I wouldn't say unappreciated. I probably would say that then because I was selfish a lot then. Now I would have said, I didn't think, I didn't think you needed me. Like, I think you can live your life and do what you do and you really ain't need me now. Well, I think the only time that I showed you that, it, that that was my purpose of doing the things that I did was when you left. That I, you know, like, I'll be all right. Take your stank car. Take your stank self and go back to your mama's house because we good over here. I think that was the only time that I tried to act like I didn't need you. I mean, but I can understand where you're coming from. Yeah, that, that was. Because I didn't realize that it, that. That was one of them times I was just tired. Yeah. And I wanted to quit it. 
Yeah, but I'm asking, were you ever lonely in the marriage? I, that, I don't think I've... You don't I've, think you've ever been lonely? We had too many churns for me to be lonely. It was something always going on in the house. Yeah. So, um... I think I mean, there were times when I felt lonely. Really? Yeah. When? Um, even though there was a lot going on in the house... I think I still yearned for a close. That was during the time when I think I yearned for a closer relationship with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it was so much all about the girls. I don't. I think during that time, that was a time where both of us we didn't communicate a whole lot, not that in depth. Mm-hmm. So you thought stuff, and I thought stuff, and it was just at sometimes it was just not. It was just on. If we would have talked about it, it probably could have got dealt with, right? Like we do now. But right. then, because we didn't know how to say it, um, whether you didn't want to hurt my feelings, I want to hurt your feelings. Whatever the reason is, we just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So when you felt lonely, wanting to long to have a deeper relationship with me to feel closer to me, I was on the other side thinking you ain't need me. You good. couple of times I felt like you ain't want me. Really? Yeah. I told you this, though. That I didn't want you? Yeah. You was good. That probably was when I had a boyfriend. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. We be right back. You, you, do you want to tell them about what you came in the house and did today? <laughs> you want to tell them that? So we we gonna just keep jumping in. But this is a remix of it's not a remix. being lonely in your marriage. Because that could if I was lonely in my marriage, I would have let that uh and he would I would have let that cabinet guy in here to use the bathroom. And and <laughs> so like You can to say it to No, I ain't gonna say okay, it. Okay, we'll tell y'all that later before we go, y'all, because we wanna stick to what we're talking about today. But Today we're ta- we are talking about because he he crazy. We, I, I promise y'all I'm gonna give y'all to give y'all that story before we leave. But today we're we're talking about that's what we're no, talking about. Let's do it now. So when I came home, this is what happened. This is what happened when I drove up. I drove up and I parked, and it's the guy that people get in the house built next to us. So there's the cabinet guy, and he said, "Excuse me, excuse me, sir, excuse me." And I was getting out of the truck, so I didn't know he was talking to me. So I looked. And I said, yeah, what's up, man? He said, hey, I just want to apologize because um, I, 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 not, I rung your doorbell yesterday and I needed to use. I was trying to see if I could use your power in your garage. And I just want to apologize for that. And I was like, use my power in your my garage? So I completely lost. So I, he was like, so I just want to apologize. I didn't mean to disturb y'all. I said, okay, man. Okay. So between that time and the time I walked in, I walked in. Deidre never said nothing about that, about the guy ringing on the doorbell or nothing. So I came in, and immediately the way my mind thinks, I walked in. I said, so you letting strange dudes in the house use the bathroom? And she looked at me with this look like, huh? No, that's not what happened. That's not what I said. The man said, thank you for letting me in the house to use your restroom. And I looked at him like, what do you mean? 
And he was like, so he, you started laughing, so I knew he was playing. I said, babe, I completely forgot that the guy rang the doorbell, the doorbell yesterday. And I got up and I went, but I there we have glass on either sides of our doors. And so I literally looked at him through the glass and I said, "Can I help you?" And he says, "Um, I'm my, the power is is out or is acting up over there in the next house, and I got to do some work." And I, he was like, "Can I connect my cord to your your power cord? I don't know where it's at, maybe in the garage." And I was like, "What?" Well, I said, "Well, what are you doing?" And he says, "I'm doing the the, the countertops." And I was like, okay, I got to call my husband and ask him. Now, mind y'all, y'all, when Johnny leaves, you know, we have alarm and everything like that or whatever. Sis don't open the door for nobody. Nobody. She don't usually talk to nobody. But you I right. Guess she feel I don't. a little safe with the little alarm in here. No, I just, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I At first I was peeking because, you know, that's my MO. I was peeking. And then I got up and went to the door and I was on the phone with my friend. And she was like, well, what does he want? And I, it didn't dawn on me until I sat back down that you want to use my power, which means you want to use my electricity. And I actually actually asked him for how long he needed it. I thought he just needed to do a quick thing. He was like, oh, for about an hour. All right. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll get back. With, I'll get back with you. And he walked off. And I never thought anymore about it. I was like, no, you're trying to use my, like my electricity, that the bill that we pay? Okay, no, I don't think so. Um, but I looked outside later, and he had called the... Building the building manager or whatever, and I guess he fixed it up for him. So I said that to say I'm gonna put this add this other story. In okay. Here. So you you um, Deidre works from home as all y'all know, and she was doing some stuff, and she called somebody to tell them something, a guy, on her job, and she said, "Okay, you got such such, yeah. Okay, you doing good? Yeah, I'm doing good. Now that you done called me." So she said, I said, what did that you has say? That nothing to do with being no, no. lonely and married. No, no. What are you talking about? No, no, it does. So okay. after after she said that, I said, what did you say? And she said, I didn't say nothing. I just got off the phone. I said, okay. So I said that to say is, what if you was lonely? Well, you're right about that. What if I was lonely when the cabinet guy asked to use the power? And if I was lonely... And an old loose woman, I would have up. I would have turned that alarm off, and I would have let that garage up. Mm-hmm. But that's not who you married to. But the, the well, I make sure told, you're not lonely, right? Truth be told, though, just to to uh, piggyback off what you just said, how many times have you, as women, been in a situation? Because when you're in a marriage, sometimes those feelings of loneliness lead to you looking for attention elsewhere and and it doesn't really attention doesn't necessarily mean it don't have to be good you find you right attention might can be any nice looking man talking to you period if you were lonely and you had the guy said not and i'm talking to you and a conversation strike this is where most of the stuff happened when a conversation strikes up because everybody feels like we can have a conversation. That's not going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. I ain't doing nothing. Mm-hmm. We just talking. But what 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 could talking, just talking lead to? More talking. More talking. And then. More curiosity. Then, right. More and then talking. you're trying to figure out how you're going to meet up Deeper with Deeper talking. Person. And then next thing you know, you're looking for your drawers. 
You already know that's where I was going. Well, I knew that's where you was going. I was trying to get there before you, but you got there for, for uh, before me. So, but being lonely, so you said you felt lonely, you wanted to be closer to me. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I believe, and I think we've talked about this in previous, um, previous shows. I, I'll, I'm glad. I'm. I'm very happy where we are now. Mm-hmm. We we conversate. We talk about anything, everything. It doesn't matter. But what if we would have been courageous enough and bold enough to do that when we were younger? Well, I mean, we really didn't know how. Yeah, we didn't know how. I mean, you could what if about a lot of things, but we really didn't know how. You know and, what I'm saying? So instead of being able to come to you like I could come to you now and say, you know, babe, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling con- a good, con- you know, uh, a great connection right now. What? Tell I'm, me this. What did I do or what did we do to get to that place? That we are at now? Yeah, for you to come to be able to come to me and say that. Like, what? what because straight up, you know, although we do, we do marriage counseling and we counsel couples and families we didn't necessarily have counseling. Right. But at some right. point in time, we had to make up our mind and make a decision right. to do more. And I right. think that's what that day at that table, when we sat down, when all we were doing all the leaving and stuff, and we sat down and talked and said, oh, we You was doing do all this. the leaving? You left too. You remember your grandmama got on you? That was one time. A leave is a leave. That was one night. A leave is a leave. You had more leaves than I did. That's what we doing. No. So at any rate, but I think it was that was the that was the turning point I think in our marriage. But since that time, we had other conversations to um to say to each other, you know, because I remember me saying to you as well, babe, if we truly are going to have a relationship to where we're communicating where we're um where we're having conversations where we're going on dates where we we have to nurture our relationship and i don't know why i was going it you know and i and i vaguely remember like i mean not vaguely but i thoroughly remember me saying to you and i don't know why i used to push it so hard but it's because it's not like i saw a bunch of people people's marriages falling apart but it was just I, I felt like, I felt that strongly, like, I needed to tell you, like, if we don't nurture our relationship, if we don't date, if we don't make it a point that we're talking to each other, you know, that we're going over, yeah. not just bills and different things like that, but, you know, intimate stuff, you know, that we're telling each other how we feel or how we don't feel, or if there's something that's bothering me or if there's something that bother, that's bothering you, I feel like we need to really focus on strengthening our relationship because one day... Our daughters will leave, and we're not gonna know each other. And believe it, and believe it or not, in in society right now, it's probably about forty eight percent of people who go through that. They live life together through their kids. I would venture to say that it's even more than that, because they get stuck on the patterns of the kids have soccer, the kids have volleyball, the kids have 
you know, ballet. The kids have gymnastics. They have all these things. And so, you know, nine times out of ten, it's maybe the wife focused on getting them to these things. And, you know, a husband will probably help out while he works or she works if both of them works. So it's like, I think I was reading earlier where it says you have so many outside activities and so many different things going on until you kind of put your relationship on the back burner. Because you're thinking, oh, the kids need us. The kids need us to do this. The kids need us to do this. But even more so, I think, but even more importantly, should I say, the kids need y'all to like each other as well and love each other and spend time with one another. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the way that they pick their mate is going to be based on what they see in their daddy. Or what they see in their mama. Or how or their daddy they treat their mama. Or what they, or don't, what see. they don't see. You're absolutely right. So we you we are you are your children's first example. Period. Do you learn that from girl? I learned that from myself. Okay. Well, it came from you maybe. <laughs> but anyway, um you are me and I am you. We are each other. Yes, we are. One. We are one. The apple and the tree. The are one. apple and the tree. And no, no, you're saying it wrong. The apple and the tree are one. I ain't gonna say Z. I say the apple and the tree are one. Okay. So anyway. Because you're not from you are not from You ain't either. Silk Hilton Head or South Carolina. You're not either. Or not. You're not from that. So, so listen, I want to share this. Um, the reason why we are talking about this tonight, and we're referencing um some information from Focus on the Family. Um, it says, um, a recent study on loneliness reveals that 43% of people sometimes or always feel that their relationships are not meaningful. About half of respondents don't have meaningful, excuse me, in-person interaction on a daily basis. Even married couples can live in the same house, share the same meals, sleep in the same bed, and still feel isolated, disconnected, and alone. And that's what I'm talking about. You get into a marriage and you do things because of the routine of it. Because you feel... It comes monot- it becomes because, monotonous. Because you have kids and you want to make sure your kids turn out to be healthy and great citizens and making good choices and you always dare. So you team up together to make sure their life is good. But mm-hmm. what about your life? What about right. you guys' life? What are y'all doing to... Nurture that. What are y'all doing to make sure y'all relationship is growing, is staying strong, is on fire, is the whole nine y'all? What are you doing to do that? Yeah. So this this was on our hearts to talk about tonight because at the end of the day, we got some stuff we're going to share with y'all later on in some other podcasts. But at the end of the day... You have to make a decision to be with your spouse. And if you understand that, then when you make decisions on other things, you know how to maneuver and put certain things in places, which means when stuff go on between me and my spouse, then it's between me and my spouse. It's not between me and my spouse. And then we use the kids to do whatever. That's something else we're going to talk about because a lot of couples, what they do is use leverage on their spouse, on the husband or the wife, through their children. Mm-hmm. Because you hurt me, now you sorry, and your daddy ain't nothing, and this, that, and other. We ain't going to let you know you can't see him. No, you can't see her. But they didn't do nothing 
to the mama, they ain't did nothing. Why y'all making them suffer? Using them as pawns. Yep. Let's say about half of respondents don't have meaningful in-person interaction on a daily basis. And that that's what it is. Because for a long time, and I know you remember these days when, you know, you would basically work from sun up to sundown. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I would be home with the girls. And that in-person interaction, you know, would be you coming home. And, you know, it, every day wasn't a bad day for us. It wasn't. Every day wasn't a bad day. I don't we want y'all great, to think that every day was not a bad day for we us. We had some bad ones now. We had some bad ones, but the majority of the time, it was a party in our house. Yeah. The majority of the time it was a it was not it was a it was a party because we had five kids and we was ba- we was we were basically kids ourselves and we're all different but, personalities yeah and everybody yeah. had something to say all the time and if someone was getting on your nerve then the other one would make you laugh or it was always right something. it was always it was always our house was always turned no matter what and um but the but I think that was a, our way of interacting you know but again the kids were there yeah and doing it as well so we we had to purposely make sure and there were times that we would do it you know what i'm saying we would make we would put them to bed because eight o'clock was their bedtime i don't care if it was daylight savings or, if the, or if the or if the date what did it say uh fall for fall forward fall, fall backwards back. fall back Push forward, whatever it was. I don't care if it was light, if it was uh, dark. She did. I don't care what it was. Eight o'clock was my kids' bedtime, and they would say, "But mama, it's still light outside." I don't care. Talk to your sisters. They'll come to me. They be watch like, a little bit of TV. Daddy, so you just go let her keep putting, putting us, us in to the bed, bed in the daytime. when it's daytime yeah. and other people turn outside yeah. playing. Yeah, I was like, yeah, <laughs> yep. But in in all actuality, Johnny, that was one of the ways that we did get to do our date night. Even though it had to be in, in the room, yeah, or in I the living room, or whatever. Yeah, so, so that was our. You know, we we learned how to maneuver to make time for us with having so many children. Because in all actuality, our house and th- get this, y'all, our house was the daycare center. Like literally all the friends that we dealt with, they would ask us to watch their kids. But I don't remember one time that we asked them could they could they watch our kids. No. Yeah. And I think that's that kind of I think we got like that because I think a couple of times we wanted to do something with just me and you and we asked some family members. Um and the family member would say stuff like, Well, I I'll take Brianna, but I ain't getting the rest of them or I'll get the twins, and y'all can take the other ones. It's just too much. And well, we, we like, knew that five kids was too much for anybody. Yeah, but so I mean, we, we but and but remember, we never really used to put them on nobody like that. We did like special occasions, and if we were going off for the for anniversaries or whatever, you know, um, they would do that, or you know, and stuff like that. I remember that one summer that they stayed with my daddy. Remember, we lived in Savannah, and summer camps over here were grossly expensive. And so they, we got them in, um, I think on, I do we got them that. in on a grant at the Boys and Girls yeah. Club or something like that. So they stayed with my daddy the entire summer. Yeah. Um, and so, but at the end of the day, it's like um, we made time. You know, sometimes, like I said, I did feel like I was in the marriage and I was lonely. And it was more so the times, especially the times when, like you say, you you were being kind of selfish. Yeah. And, um, and... I was like, well, am I in this marriage alone? 
You know what I'm saying? I, am I, what is this? Never in a million years. And people say this, but I say this wholeheartedly. I never, sometimes the things that we will go through, I never thought that we would be here looking back on all of this. Like still be together? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And I think just the opposite. Really? I didn't see it being no other way. I mean, I I know I didn't want it to be any other way. But because but, of everything that was happening, the blueprint that was folding before you at the time. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I just didn't and I and I wanna say this, it was it was during the earlier years. Yeah. When, you know, you would do stuff like uh, you know, I'll take care of the bills and then you just went and did what you wanted to do. You know, and that was the selfish that part. Was, of right, I exactly. Was, I'm taking care of these kids, I'm taking care of this woman, I'm paying all these bills, and it's when, you know, you ain't used to cooking stuff and I come home and I can't get a hot meal. I tell you what. Well, I beg to differ because I done told you what you gonna stop trying to show these tell these people is that I never cook. Uh back in the that. day you didn't. Well, how the kids ate, baby? Um, with the little thing, ravioli. That's cooking. So that what you want to feed me when I come home from twelve hours? But ravioli. You, 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 you could have. You know, you had stuff. I don't want to. You had that pork detail. in the can, and I used to saute it with some onions and honey barbecue sauce, and put it over some rice and some green bean garlic butter green beans and some uh, cornbread. Remember that? Hey, let's huh? not let's not let's not do that. I don't want to go back there. Cause we in a good place now. We trying to teach the people. We ain't going back and bringing up. Stuff well, baby, we can laugh about that. Listen, we can laugh about that. But it been days. I came home. Uh huh. And walked and wasn't nothing cooking. I said, "What you want to eat?" At eight o'clock. Right. But you still ate. My man. But although, yes, your food should have been fixed. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying, saying why that, is you trying to fix no, this? No, no, no. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been. But this but, is. But that's where we were at yeah, that moment. Yeah, and this is the saying? point I'm trying to make. I, I know, honey. Because stuff like that, that's why I work so much and so hard. Because I felt like if I work more and harder, then you would be like, let me take care of him and let me make his food and all that. And that, that wasn't your reaction. Right. But in return, you would be like, I've been listening to Mama all day from five people. They've been just calling my name all day. Can you please have a conversation with me? And I'm thinking, can you please cook something and clean up something? Yeah. No conversation. No conversation. So that that shaped my thinking into saying, okay, she don't appreciate me. Hmm. And that's the selfish part of me because... I never looked at your side. I always said, and this is what some men do. We never look at that. Me making the money mm-hmm. and bringing the money home mm-hmm. was not, that's a small percentage of taking care of y'all and loving y'all. Right. And a lot of men feel like because they make a lot of money and bring the money home, mm-hmm. that that's the love. That's I, I love you. Yeah. And you take that. Yeah. So when I go do something, don't ask me no questions. I'm taking care of you. I got you a house, don't I? You drive the car. You ain't working. Every time you use that card, you use it. Don't ask me for nothing. If I go somewhere, don't say nothing. And that's not how it is. Yeah. That's just not how it is. And now I feel like that's the route that I was trying to go, but I, I'm not built like that. Yeah. And I wasn't built like that neither. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not built like that. So the times that I did say stuff like, hey, I'm going to go and do whatever and mm-hmm. I'll be back. You know, I did 
whether it was go to a club in Savannah or whatever the case is, I always came back. Can I still go? You gonna still take me to one eventually? The club? Uh-huh. I'll take you to one. You gonna take me to what? <laughs> be like a little jazz. Uh, no, 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 no. I you wanna can't... go to one of the ones you came over here Mm-mm. to check out and I never got to go to. Mm-mm. You can't go to them. Why? I don't even, first of all, I don't even think they're open. Oh. Well, I don't want to go. I was just saying. So here you Whatever. go. Whatever. Here you go. So listen to this, babe. It says, no one imagines a lonely marriage when picking out a wedding dress or planning a honeymoon. They call it tying the knot for a reason. In marriage, we bind ourselves together for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, till death do us part. By God's own definition, in Genesis 2.24, a couple are unite, united and become one. Marriage supposedly guarantees us a best friend so we'll never have to feel lonely again. Right? <laughs> and that's, that's what a lot that's, of people think. That's what a lot of when, people think. Here's the thing. When you get married, when you get married by the wedding dress, that doesn't magically give you all the tools and equipment to make your marriage work. This sure don't. At the end of the day, you still got to you still got to nurture your relationship. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. People they don't get premarital counseling. They, they some and the crazy thing is we've done premarital counseling for so many couples, and we've actually had some of them just say, "Hey, we just really trying to get this discount on this marriage license. So if you can go ahead and you know, and we be like, yeah, that ain't us. I'm sorry, boo boo. You got to go somewhere else." You can get somebody to do that, but we're not doing that. But that's why they would do it. They don't take it seriously. But we always ask the question, once you pay for the $25,000 wedding, first of all, where are you getting the money from? When are you going to pay it back? Have y'all even thought about that? People just feel like when you get married, you do all this stuff, and then everything, because you got married – Everything's changed now, and we don't have to pay the money back because we're married, and that fixes everything, and it doesn't. Well, no, they're thinking about about the wedding date versus the marriage. Yeah, yeah. I want these, you know. I want this this arena, this venue, you know, this kind of dress, this kind of cake. I and, and don't get me wrong, because all of that is very beautiful. But if half of the couples would focus on the marriage, on the marriage, as much as they do on the actual wedding day, and preparation for all the glitz and the glamour and don't get me wrong because when we do a vow renewal boom it's it's gonna be um it will be but any at any rate you you it's it's best that you focus and i think that's why we reiterated so much to our girls focus more so on the marriage yeah even as even as much as you focus on want to focus on the day of yeah yeah Cause that's what it is. Cause you know, it's like, it's like, it's two people in a marriage and now you're here and you're thinking, oh, well, you know, oh, he's my best friend and da, 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 da. But then when life starts happening, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And y'all ain't able to be in the bed all day and cuddle and do all this stuff or whatever. It's like you're there and then things start happening or he starts having the, the loads or the burdens of work and for me, I think what I didn't understand, Johnny, because one, because I was never married before, you know, two, because I was 17 years old. Um, I'm sorry, 19. I was thinking about, about when I had Brianna. Um, I, we were 19 years old. We really didn't 
we 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 didn't have marriage count premarital counseling. No. No, we went to the to uh the courthouse in yep. Ridgeland and applied for our marriage license and went back two or three days later after they got it ready and picked it up and then literally got married, I think think that that a couple of days later on that weekend. Yeah. Um so it was it's like you're in this space where where you're married where you're now married and you're thinking all oh, these blissful things are going to happen and take place and it's just going to be good and it's going to be good forever and every day. And the reality of it is it ain't going to be good every day. And what you going to do when it's not good every day? What you going to do when you don't feel like you're wanted? Hmm. What you going to do when, you know, he, he get on your nerves. He get on your nerves or he's working and he's not there. Or uh, he working, know, he ain't lovey dovey no more. Yeah. So he tired and you mad because you must be got somebody else because now stuff done change. Yeah. So as you're in this house and you know, you you add kids to the to the to the mixture and now you have, like I said, all the added responsibilities of the kids. So now life is happening. Now they and going then to practice. It turns into um basically you're in the house and you roommates now. Yeah, because y'all got for the, so long, right? You, you, you haven't talked. You haven't talked. You haven't, you haven't touched nurtured, each other. You haven't talked about, figured out, made a plan because now you're working and both of y'all working. Now y'all got kids in the play. Now you got prime time at five o'clock in the morning and prime time after. Then you got practice. Then the weekend come round and then y'all do whatever on the weekend, regardless if that's a game or whatever. And then it's no time for y'all. Monday you do the same thing back over again. Then you've done this for 18 years. <sighs> for 18 years. Yeah. Now what? Yeah. It says parad- paradoxically. Yeah, sure. This sort of loneliness can feel even more painful because you have someone. So physically, just like I was saying, your mm. spouse is there, but emotionally he or she is not. What a place to be in. You live together, but you don't share life. My Lord. Mm. That's good, though. Because, I mean, it's true. You You live together, but you don't share life. The resulting loneliness and alienation can feel too strong to bear. Instead of having a relationship that feeds you, you wind up starving. And that's what happens. You starve. Because in those moments, and it's not about physically starving, but it's emotionally. Emotionally, I'm starving. Because at the end of the day... I need the I love yous. The touch. I need the, the feel, touch. I need the they'll feel wanted. Let me hold you. Right. I need the you matter to me. I need the, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. If I so, hadn't told you I'm madly in love with you. So this I is need that was off things. the cuff. That was off the dome yes. right there. That was off the dome. But listen, you like it? listen, listen. You like it. <laughs> listen. What? So let's put this in in reality. You're starved for affection. For love, for touch, for to feel wanted, and you've tried to tell me, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I say okay, because I'm understanding. I say okay, and this is not us for real, but I'm just putting something into play so they understand. I don't. I understand, but I say okay, babe. On this day, we gonna do this. Mm-hmm. And then I miss that date, and I say, okay, babe, well, on this day, we're going to do this. And then I miss that date. And then, okay, babe, I promise you, 
on this time, we're going to do this. Let's make this time. This is my vacation. We make sure we do it. And that's a month away. And then Buddy knock on the door. You say, yes, how can I help you? And he said, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Okay, you can use the power. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just using a realistic right, example. Right, 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 right. A realistic example. This, this is the thing. In 2020, in the 21st century... It's nothing for you hear about you hear about it and it's real for a personal trainer to be sleeping with a wife, somebody wife, because they working out with the wife, she got a baby, she home with the baby all day, the man working, he ain't never there, and he just there on certain days. So she got she's starving. But now she got this man. Who look good? That's helping her and showing her attention. Mm-hmm. Delivery dude, pool guy, all this stuff happens. Are you getting these from movies or just your imagination? No, this is real stuff. Oh, I'm just saying. You know, people they who doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, I got no. <laughs> Why is you looking like that? I'm just asking. Your imagination is all over the place. But it's the pool guy. But let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I'm just playing. Where do you think movies get that stuff from? Well, somebody with a vivid imagination like you, Johnny Mobley. Mm. It's the pool guy. It's the UPS man. Mm. It's to this. I mean, and, and granted, like you said, stuff like this is happening. But, but like I said, it's the situation. Right. If a woman doesn't feel wanted, love, same thing with a man. Yeah. And that's and one of these things on one of the one of the things says that dealing with, if I, if I, with I'm just you know I'm just playing I'm watching. it says deal with the underlying issues and that's what they're talking about these those are the underlying issues yeah y'all not talking y'all not communicating you know what I'm saying you felt um you you were when you were alone you 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 had the hopes of now because I'm not going to be alone anymore. I won't be lonely anymore. Yeah. And then you get in this marriage and you think this How is, can I be married? Right. This is gonna still be my feel, security. Right. Yeah. This is gonna be it because I'm gonna be with, with my husband and he's my best friend. And so I'm never gonna be lonely again. And so they get to a place like, How am I lonely in a marriage? Mm. How do those two words even go together? But they can go together. Yeah. That's a part of it. They can go together. So those are the underlying issues. This even goes on to say um, that it won't happen um, in one night with with you just scheduling a date night a date for night. one night. Yeah. This is something that has to be continued, something that has to be nurtured, something that has to be effort put into. Just like you put in effort and you know that if you brush your teeth and you floss and you do all these things and you practice good dental hygiene, you gargle with uh, the, uh, uh, the peroxide one, I think that's the one we be having. The peroxide one or whatever, you know, uh, Colgate or what, whatever you you gargling with. All that, you're you're intentionally doing that so you can have great dental hygiene. Am I right? Yeah. You want a relationship? You got to put in the work. You got to, you know, be, do, you may have to watch a football game that you don't want to watch. But you know that your husband enjoys it and you want to spend time with him and get into what he's, doing and i wouldn't say it has to be all it have to be all the time because johnny will watch the whole five hundred and ninety thousand episodes of friends that he's already watched before and i may not want to watch that well i don't think that i do want to watch that well i don't want to watch that however 
I sit my butt down and I watch it with him. He, you know, doesn't want to binge on Lifetime all day. But there are some days that he will sit down and watch it with me. And at the end of the time that we're watching it, he's like, what in the world? We just sat there for four hours and watched it. That time, boy, Five that time hours, had your whole hours. life gone. Right. And so, you know, that's how I hooked them. But at the end of the day. Here goes the, the title. Right, lifetime. Right. Exactly. Your it's time, a whole lifetime. Of your movies. time is gone. Right. Your, your the whole, whole life. lifetime is gone. But at the end of the day, that's us investing in our marriage. That's what it is. And so, um, it's deal about. Deal with the underlying issues. Right. Dealing with the underlying issues. Um, having secrets in a relationship or anything like that, that will put a wedge in between you can lead to non-communication. Yeah. To loneliness so, because it's it, that's that's what you've sown. That's what you've uh, planted. So, so that's what's grown. So let me say this. So let me tell you how a lie, a lot of people don't feel like a lie can affect a relationship, especially if it's something um, that they feel like they got under control. Let me tell you how a lie changes your relationship. First of all, the first person that changes is you. Because for you to have a lie, you have to respond and react a certain way. Now you're focused on trying to be the husband or the wife, and you got a one through ten plan type thing. Until red flags come up on your spouse end, and they ask questions that get close to your lie. Then... You change. Regardless how big or small the lie is, and every if, if let me get this, let me say this clear: everyone lies at some point in time. Whether it's a little white lie, Christians lie, pastors lie, prophets lie, everybody at some point in time tell a lie. Big blue lies. Yeah, but here's the thing: when you have a lie between in a relationship, that's a wedge. So if you have 15 lies until you remove that and say, hey, this is what I had between us and I need you to forgive me for this or I need you to help me with this or whatever the case is, but you remove it. But if you don't ever remove it, that's a wedge. So think of people not only who have children who go into a marriage not really knowing how they ha- they have the wedding, but don't focus on the marriage. And now their kids are doing all kind of stuff, activities. And then you got eighteen years, and then you got lies in that. So when your kids leave the house, you look at your spouse like, "Who in the world are you?" Mm-hmm. You gonna probably say something else other than yeah. World, but you gonna yeah, who are you? It's a lot of things that we make decisions to put in between our relationship that we don't feel, that we feel like we got control of, that we feel like we got it, we got it handled, that is an actual crutch. A lie is a wedge but in your relationship, regardless of who it's with. If you got a lie, it's a wedge, especially with your spouse. So if you got four or five lies right now and you've had them for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, they just get bigger. Yeah. Because like the old, like the seasoned people say, to tell a lie, to keep a lie, you got to keep telling a lie. So by the time you made this one lie up, you had to tell 15 more lies, and now you got 15,000 up under your belt that you can't even remember what the first one you told. A lie can damage 
that's where that's the core of it. Regardless of what the lie is empowered by, the lie can damage a relationship. It can destroy it. Yeah. Another thing that he mentioned as far as one of the underlying issues was I think um there was a there was a different life changes can cause your demeanor to change. Yep. Um I think they listed one thing on here as like depression because of things that, you know, and you that's why and that that's why it's so important that to do mental check-ins with your spouse as well. Like I ask you you asked me how was my day, but then you asked me how you do, how you doing. Yeah. How are you? And the same I say to you, you know, you you comp- you know, you decompress, you share your work day with me and stuff like that, but then I'll, you know, I'll call and I'll be like, "Babe, and I know when you I know when you busy busy, especially when I do owe you." Um, because you answer the phone, but you still paying attention to your screen. And I'll be like, um, look at me. And then you looking at me, you'll look at me and I'll be like, "How are you?" And you'll be like, "I'm I'm I'm good." I know when you're overwhelmed. I know when you have a lot on your, on your brain or whatever. So I was like, I'm just calling to look in your face to make sure you are right. Yeah. You know, how's your mental? Because if you're not communicating, how do you know that your spouse is not dealing with something? Whether it be depression, whether it be, um, you know, thoughts of suicide. It could even be something as... as, it's, that's, as, that's, as that's real. As, um, yeah, as difficult and as... as is, is is you may think that it's something that's far fetched or you know well where you get that from but this is like real life stuff yeah because you don't know what emotions and what things are going on and just to to not to say that at this moment that I was depressed or anything like the beginning of COVID for example um, when I found out that my good friend um, had it and she was in the hospital and stuff like that or whatever. Um, it just took me to a really strange place. Yeah. And, you know, I was praying, but then I was also, you know, I think it was, you know, the enemy of trying to attack me as well in my mind. And for me, I know that that was a time that you were concerned, very concerned about. Me. Yeah. Um, it was just, it was a lot going on in that time. And the, the one thing that you would keep saying to me is how you doing? How you feeling? You're okay. You're okay. You know, of course you prayed with me and for me, but you just, and at one point I'm like, at one point, I think this was the night when I literally got up and I was like, uh, no, this wasn't, this was that day. It was the day when I literally threw, was putting my clothes on and he was like, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to the hospital. <laughs> and you were like, Oh Jesus, let me go put some clothes on. Yeah. Um, because I'm not letting you go by yourself. And I I just know when you just gotta be attentive to like what your mate is going through. Yeah. And it could be different life changes, it could be job changes, it could be stress, you know, stuff stuff that stress causes. But like I say, in that moment, you were very attentive to me. I'm like, you was like, I'm not, hey, I'm not coming to work. Um, no, I got, I'm, I got, I got to make sure that my wife is okay yeah. because that could have took me somewhere else that could have pulled me into a different place, into a different oh, space, oh, especially if you weren't paying me any attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you were just concentrating on work and she all right, she'll be okay. You just don't know what, yeah. what, what a place like that could put you into. So 
that's another thing. Like you and and the 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 part that this goes into is um about embracing togetherness. And, mm-hmm. and and it's just reinstating, it's just not reinstating, it's just reiterating what we've always said. Well, what we've always said, I think since we we've come on, you know, it's like make sure that you're planning date nights. Have those date nights. I don't care if you got to put the kids at eight o'clock in the bed and go upstairs, make dinner, put the candles on the on the across the dresser, you know, pour the glasses of wine or whatever it is you're drinking or eating. And prepare it, put the rose petals on. I don't care what it is. If you're intentional about it and you want to do it, because the the this time is not always going to be perfect. Nope. And some people feel like I've got to wait until the perfect moment for us to have date night every week. That's how it you has talk. to be that's how like a, a person talk. At, yeah, yeah, that's the person. <laughs> it has to be at a certain time, um, every week on Friday nights. We must go to this restaurant. We must sit at this day. I'm for real. But, it's like if you always wait on perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. We made mad compromise. Yeah. Because we had a lot of kids. Yeah. So date night was in the living room after they went to bed. Date night was in the room. Date night was, you know, whatever it is, wherever we could fit in it, because we couldn't always get a babysitter. Date date night, what you have to understand is date night is a time set aside for me and you. Right. Period. It don't have to be a time set aside for me and you at this restaurant at six o'clock every Friday because, like you said, circumstances will change, and if they're not perfect in your world, you can't do it like that. Yeah. Date night does not always have to mean sex. Right. Do you know some people don't have date night because they're too tired or they might can't have sex, mm-hmm. so they don't want to get to a place to where they might disappoint somebody. And somebody, I mean your wife mm-hmm. or your husband. Mm-hmm. So they push the date night just to make sure I get enough rest so I can, you know, put that thing on you. Can I, I ain't, I'm just not there. Side note. It is important that you do do it. it, it it's very important that you do do it. Um, <laughs> what I have found out is sometimes you can be tired and you come out of your tiredness. Absolutely. You can be awakened out of your tiredness. Oh, if you got... That's for night-night. But let me tell you something. Don't say that part. Let me tell you something. Don't say that part. It's 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 it's, it's, it's... All right, but go ahead. But listen, date date night... Date night needs to be about y'all spending time, setting aside time for each other. Ask Mm -hmm. the questions. One of the questions I used to ask Deidre, and I, I still, I don't think I've asked you in a while, but I've asked Deidre and the girls, a lot of people that are attached to me, and I call them, I say, what you feel about, how you feel about life? How you feel about life? Yeah. And then with Deidre, I would ask her, how you feel about life and how you feel about me? That's a hard question. How do I feel about you? Yeah. That's not hard at all. But if you don't feel some kind of way, or if you do feel some kind of way about your spouse, how do you answer that? That's that's a get right to the question. So if you ask your spouse, how do you feel about life? They answer you. Then you ask them, how do you feel about me? That's a well, that's not a hard question for us, but it is. I can see that it that it may be a hard question for some uh, couples who don't have that regular conversation. Yeah, who don't have that in depth relationship where they feel like they complete be completely honest. Who who do who. who has a, a 
a mindset of, and this gonna sound kind of crazy, but has a have a mindset of selfishness because people who couples who do not have a conversation, a relationship that's intertwined with actual words and other things can find themselves blaming. How do I feel about you? Well, I don't feel like I didn't ask you. How do you feel about me? I don't feel like you be here for me all the time. And I feel like you do this and you don't do this. And then sometimes I'll be talking to you and I ask you stuff. The one thing that I can't say about that, if you start doing this exercise, allow your mate to say what they feel. If you continue to do it, what they say will change. Because then they'll think that you do care. What they and say will change. Put forth the effort to, yeah. to even understand them. But in this... The second part is what the second part? The second part is um embrace together. Embracing together. Prioritize sex. Um do your chores together. Make the bed. We make our bed together. We do. We we still make our bed together. Um cooking the meals together, cleaning the cars together. Johnny thinks that I'm going we take we take the cars to get to get washed now. And he said, "Well, baby, I got to get a hose." Okay, so we going to get the hose. He thinks that I'm a buck on him. When it's time to go outside and wash the cars, I'll, I'll I'll do that with you. Well, I remember you you helped me wash. Um, I remember one time we was in the apartment. We was um at the little car wash, and I said I need to wash these cars. And I think I was in the middle of working, but the cars were dirty. And I said I need to wash both of these cars. And you came out there help me. Yeah. Now the grass, that's a different story. I'm gonna bring you water and sit in my chair outside and watch you cut the grass. Well, at this point now, I'm gonna sit in the chair beside you, and we gonna watch somebody else cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand you. Okay, so listen. So it's about those things of doing things together, not that it has to be, you know, something outside of the home, but even stuff inside of the home. That's how to cultivate your relationship. Expect the unexpected. Right. We make the bed up. We, you know, he wash the sheets, he dry them. I help him make the bed up. That's how we do it. I told the truth on that one. I ain't said nothing bad. I did. Well, why you smirk like that? I just was smiling. You were smiling at your at your beautiful glow. Lies, lies you tell, sir. Girl, lies you tell. That ain't no lie. But but you know what? Don't just do that for a week or for two weeks because it takes time for a bad habit to form. So it's gonna take time to turn things around. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And I I just want to say it's worth the work. Um, the gentleman in this article says. Things didn't instantly change for the positive. It took work. It took work. And it took time for them to reconnect. But eventually they overcame the loneliness and they were able to turn that into a successful marriage. They were able to turn things around. And so it just, it just, it takes time. It takes communication because it took time to get you to a place of, where you all weren't connected, where you all were, you may have been feeling lonely or she may have been, been feeling that, but it is able to be turned around. Yeah. And we turned it around. You know, it, it's, we, and we did it and we intentionally put forth the effort to do it because what you sow, you're going to eat. Yeah. And a lot of times what we say, um, we we believe in marriage we're huge. We believe in marriage so much that we believe that even couples who find themselves not wanting to be together, that if they tried, that they can actually find themselves in love with each other. I, I just don't, I don't think, 
a lot of people know how to approach the relationship and the marriage thing. They they have a, a mindset of how it needs to happen based on their lifestyle or their their history. Their experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have nothing, most people they mimic stuff what they see and then try to make it better. But we would say Create your own recipe for your relationship. Yeah. And if you need help, go get reach help. Reach out. If you don't have the tools, you know, reach out. If, you know, this podcast may help you. Other podcasts may help you. Other books may help you. Some of you may be to the point to where you actually physically need to go sit down yeah. and talk to somebody. So whatever it is, whatever it takes, if if you know that this person is a person that you do want to spend the rest of your life with, but you fall into into a rut or you've... You know, you've now see see the person as your roommate, but you know that you still it's love more. them and right, and they still love you. But y'all just need help making this thing work. Yeah, and get the help that you need. Absolutely. Yeah. Do yeah. not be lonely in a marriage because you're married. Don't does not make your marriage and your relationship automatically magically be perfect. It takes work. It takes time. It takes work. And it takes time. Yeah. Intentionally. It yeah. takes work. And just like Deidre said earlier, we had some bad times, but I promise you the good times we had, we remember more of them than we remember the bad. All of my good days. Hmm. So we hope, my we hope we helped. In the beginning, we was kind of, we was kind of a little jumble up, but then we brought complain. it up. We, we made it so That was just the appetizer. Together. You can't just throw people in the seat and, Give them the full course meal right then and there. You got to give them some stuffed mushrooms or something before they eat the steak and the potatoes and the salad. Stuffed mushrooms, that sounds real nice. I know. You could, can you take me to get me some of those? Tonight? Tonight. I got that massage for your back. This has right. been Pillow Talk Moments with the Mobleys. I am Johnny Mobley Jr. I got to go get some mushrooms. And I'm his wife, Deidre. And we something like a ordinary couple. With extraordinary purpose. Listen, y'all, we, we hope this podcast helped. Um, pay attention to your spouse. Listen to what they say. You don't have to have the answer. Listen to what they say. Listen to what they say. It's their feelings, not yours. Listen to what they say. I just need to say that. Okay. We out. Peace out. Nine nine.